fail. Are you listening? Damn. Welcome to Power and Strength Radio with Thomas Benz, the ethos of strength. Here we explore the dynamic between physical, spiritual, relational, and mental-emotional strength so that you can build your resiliency or your balance so that you express the most powerful version of yourself. Hello and welcome back to Power and Strength Radio. I want to thank everybody for joining me here. Uh, I know that there's a lot of other things that you probably could be doing with your time and a lot of other places that you could probably be hanging out. So I want to just say thank you for coming to spend a little bit of time with me here and, uh, you know, being on this journey into powerful conversations. So um, this will be our first kind of full episode of Power and Strength Radio. You know, the last episode was more of an introduction, kind of laying the groundwork and explaining, you know, why we're here and and what we're doing. So this is going to be our first uh, full episode. And, you know, we, we got a lot of cool things planned for the show. And like I said, we're, we, we're, we want to take people on this, on this journey into powerful conversations where we, we share our stories, where we hear stories and, and through that, you know, glean insights about how to live the most powerful, vibrant versions of ourselves. But for the first show, we're going to kind of do something a little bit different. So it's going to be a little bit of a solo episode. And I know for a lot of people, a lot of you that will be listening to this, you you know me either personally or peripherally. So we've, you know, either trained together or we visited or, you know, maybe we, we worship at the same place together. Um, so you might have some familiarity with me. But uh, yesterday I was, I was sharing with a friend um, a little bit. And I was, I was telling him something about me and he said, I didn't know you could do that. And, you know, I kind of chuckled and, and jokingly, I said back to him, I said, well, I'm, I'm sure that there's probably a lot about me that, that, that people don't know. So, you know, if you're here, uh, I want to, to invite you in. I, I want to share a little bit uh, about who I am and, and kind of how I got here and, you know, I, I hope that it really kind of starts to make some sense um, why, you know, Power and Strength Radio exists, um, what the, the ethos of strength is really all about, you know, what what kind of led me to this discovery or, if you will, this idea of the four pillars of strength and, and really looking at them, you know, every day functionally and how, you know how do we how do we grow in strength not not just physically because I think a lot of times when we talk about strength that's the first thing that comes to people's minds it's physical strength simply because that is generally what we interact with we interact with physical bodies you know people physically so a lot of times what happens is when we talk about physical strength our minds automatically go to you know strength training and and weights and 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 that sort of stuff and those are going to be things that we're going to talk about here. You know, we're going to we're going to bring some people in and they're going to share some some really some really cool insights. You know, there's some folks out there that that I know that may not be as well known as some other people, but they're doing some amazing things in all of these all of these realms and we want to we want to share them with you. We want to you to have as as much opportunity as you can possibly get 
to to experience again like I said what what I call the ordinarily extraordinary so um, so we're going to talk about that but I really want to to kind of expand also on you know the interaction that physical strength has with mental emotional strength has with relational strength and has with spiritual strength. So uh, I'm going to tell a little bit about myself. I'm going to get into to my story a little bit. And and what I want to say is, you know, at the onset, I, I, I went back and forth on this one. And I actually told my wife before recording this episode, I said, uh, I, I don't really know if I want to do that, you know, for, for a lot of different reasons. And I think the primary ones are, you know, my my story's maybe not that interesting or who who really wants wants to to hear from me but the reality is is that you know the thing that makes all of our stories unique is that they are our stories that is the thing that is, is amazing so i hope you know in and kind of stepping out a little bit and kind of you know being being the first being the first one you know sharing some some vulnerability, you know, showing that true strength comes from looking at everything that you're you're bringing to the table and accepting the fact that there may be some areas in in which you you need to grow and sometimes looking at yourself hard and 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 putting yourself out there. That's the the first step to that. So, uh, I'm going to, you know, kind of get into to my story a little bit. Um I was I was born in Ohio. I am the oldest of, of five kids that were born to the same mom and dad, and and I, I guess I have to say that um, because I'm actually one of thirteen kids that are related somehow by blood because they're half or through marriage or or something along those lines. So, uh, but of of five that share the same mom and dad, I'm I'm the oldest. So. Uh, I was born in Ohio, uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, lived in Ohio uh, most of my life until till I went to college. Um, around age five or so, my mom and dad uh, separated. My mom shortly thereafter met and then uh, married another gentleman. And they were married for uh, about 42, 43 years um, prior to his passing last year. Um, so, you know, that's kind of, kind of the start. Um, when I think about my childhood and, and I, and I guess I have to lay, uh, some of this, this groundwork simply because I, I, I think every experience that we have ultimately shapes who we are on some level. Now, not that we can't change, but we need to understand kind of where we come from so that we can course correct and maybe change where we're going or understand why we are where we are in life based on maybe some of the things that we've experienced or where we come from. So, you know, growing, growing up in Ohio, um, we, we moved around a lot and we were, we were poor. Uh, so I, I, you know, had a, a pretty, oh, how would I put it? I'm, I'm not sure what the word is that I'm, I'm looking for, but I, you know, had a, a very, uh, you know, tough life coming up financially and, and, and economically, you know, we, we struggled, uh, a lot growing up and that ultimately, of course, you know, shaped a lot of, of how I viewed and, and sometimes still do view the world. You know, when you, when you come from a place of lack, there's a lot of times when, 
you know, you're functioning just, just out of that, out of that place. So, you know, we grew up pretty poor. Uh, I remember, you know, a whole summer when I was in high school, you know, just not wanting anyone to come to my house because we didn't have any electricity. You know, we, we had no, no electricity in our home. And I remember, you know, friends dropping me off at home and, you know, they were like, man, it's like 10 o'clock at night, but you don't have any lights on in the house. What's going on? And, you know, having to come up with some kind of story for, for, for while, why that was going on. So, um, you know, that played a big part in, you know, ultimately a lot of the decisions that I made later in life and, you know, some things uh, along that, uh, along those lines. I went to four high schools in three years. And I know somebody's going to ask, were you military? No, uh, it was directly related to the fact of, you know, our socioeconomic uh, status. So, you know, we, you know, just couldn't afford or we, we moved around a lot. You know, I'm thankful that uh, my mom's mom, my grandmother, Maxine, you know, she was, she was pretty stable. She owned a home. And so a lot of times as we were, you know, in between places moving around, my, we would uh, live with my, my grandmother, Maxine. And, and she was, I mean, she was everything to me. She was, you know, just the most amazing lady. She, you know, people that know me now, when I talk about my grandmother, Maxine, I say, you know, she was the person that truly embodied and, and taught me what it was like to, um, to love. You know, I don't, she passed away when I was 22. And while, you know, right here as I'm thinking about it, I don't really recall a time where my grandmother actually verbalized. I'm sure she did, but I don't remember a lot of times when my grandmother actually said that she loved us or that, you know, she wouldn't say, I love you. You know, that's kind of the thing. Now, a lot of people will say, Hey, I love you. And, and, and they will say it. My grandmother never really said it a whole lot that I can recall, but I will honestly say that there was not a time that I can ever remember where I doubted that my grandmother loved me. Everything that she did, everything that she was simply expressed just the love that was in her for the people that she loved. And it was, it was just amazing. So I was really thankful, you know, my grandmother, Maxine, as well as my, you know, my dad's dad, uh, you know, my grandparents were kind of like the saving grace for me growing up because home, to be perfectly honest with you, home was, um, it was kind of a, kind of a tough, tough place. Um, so I went to three different high schools in, in four years and, you know, we've moved to, uh, out of inner city, Ohio, Cleveland, and we ended up moving to kind of a rural part of Ohio, Northeast Ohio. And, uh, that's when I got involved in sports and, you know, how, how I'm shaped. I, my JV basketball coach was one of the people that was most instrumental in my life. Um, he was the first person in my life that I can actually say I remembered who actually put in me the possibility of doing something more going on. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that at home, we, you know, we were, we were put down in terms of what we could or couldn't do, but he was the first person that I, that I remembered looking at me saying, Hey, I, th I think you have the ability to go on and to do more. And, and, uh, he, he was, he was amazing. So 
that's kind of where I got involved in, in sports. I played basketball and ran track in high school and uh, went to this one high school for about uh, two and a half years. The summer before my senior year, I actually moved again and ended up going to a different high school for for my senior year. And 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 I kind of give you that segue to, to say, because one of the tenets that we're going to talk about uh, here on the podcast is the idea of relational strength. So, you know, if you think about, you know, being in some of the most formative years in your life and you're moving around a lot, just what you kind of start to to think about relationships. You know, uh, during the time growing up, a lot of what affected me growing up was, you know, my stepdad really, you know, he worked odd jobs. Uh, I don't remember a lot of steady employment. I think some of that was probably contributing to a lot of what we were experiencing economically uh, at the time. But, you know, it, it, it made for a tough, it, it made for a tough relationship kind of a thing, not only in our home, but, you know, in building some some really lasting and long relationships outside the home. Now, having said that, there were, you know, I, I do have some friends from high school that we are still friends to this day, but you can imagine, you know, what moving around a lot does uh, in, in terms of, of relationship. So I ended up moving as a senior, I played basketball. Uh, I ended up going to college to play basketball. I ended up going to a small school in Northwest Pennsylvania where I was a, a three-year starter there. And, and it was during that time, again, um, met another phenomenal coach, really impacted and, and influenced my life. You know, uh, I played for one coach as a freshman and sophomore, and then my junior year got a completely different coach. And uh, he was one of the most amazing people in the world. And he was another person that really impacted my life in, in such a way that, uh, and I think between him and my JV basketball coach in high school are two of the reasons why uh, I wanted to actually be a coach, although I didn't really know that at the time. But as I look back from this point in my life and, and I kind of take a look backwards, they were absolutely extremely critical in in me wanting uh, to be a coach. Uh, during my time in, in college, I actually had some pretty decent success playing college basketball. And I, I had a couple teams, you know, at in the overseas league and, and some semi-professional teams wanting to look at me as well as, a, as an NFL team that wanted to maybe give me a look to see if I could, you know, maybe play at that level uh, football, even though I never really played football, but it was, you know, kind of looking at me physically. So it was it was because of that that I really kind of started getting into getting into weight training and that, you know, I, I wouldn't have known then the impact that that would have on on my life now. But I really, you know, fell in love with weight training because I was trying to put on some size for the, this professional football tryout. And I guess when I graduated from college, I probably weighed about 215 pounds, 220, maybe somewhere right in there. And I wanted to go play, you know, the professional level. So I was trying to get up to about 240 and I fell in love with weight training and, and, and that was, you know, kind of a big, uh, big moment in, in my life. Uh, I graduated with a degree in psychology. I, I get out of college. I didn't make the pros in, in any endeavor and, and 
that happens to a lot of people, <laughs> but I, I didn't make it in basketball or, or football. So now I have this degree and, and I'm thinking, you know, what, what am I going to do with it in, in, in life and you know, how, how are things going to go there? Um, also, you know, as I, when I graduated from college, I, I went to college actually pretty young. I was, uh, turned 17 one week before I went to college. So I turned 20, uh, a week, maybe after I graduated or maybe two months after I graduated. So I, I no take that back. I was 20 when I graduated. So, and then I turned 21 about two months after I graduated from, from college. Uh, I got married right, right out of college girl that I dated, you know, all through, all through college. Uh, I married her right out of college. I get done with, with college. I got this degree I'm trying to find a fee, uh, a job in the field that I have this degree in, you know, which was psychology. And I remember talking about, uh, talking to the head of uh, one of the psychology departments at the, at the hospital about maybe getting a job, you know, working in, uh, in, in the, her, in her department. And, you know, she was great. She knew me personally. And she said, Hey, you know, Tom, you're a great guy. And she says, but with your bachelor's degree in psych and, you know, like 40 cents. Can you imagine coffee being 40 cents? She said, your bachelor's degree in 40 cents, you can get a cup of coffee. And so, you know, I'm, I'm now thinking, okay, so what am I going to do with, with this psych degree? And I was, was thinking, well, I'm, I, I didn't want to go, you know, back to, to school right away because honestly, I mean, it's like if I could have played basketball, if I could have kept on playing basketball, I probably would have gone to graduate school. But since, you know, basketball was kind of out of the picture, thought, well, I'm going to take a year off and, and then I'm going to go back to graduate school and, and see what happens. But, you know, as, as it would be, you know, 30 years later, I haven't gone back to graduate school. And so I, I have this degree and, and I'm thinking, okay, what, what am I going to do? I think I waited tables for about two months and, and then I kind of ended up getting a job that was sort of in the field. I was working at a, a group home for adolescents and I was writing, writing behavior treatment plans. Uh, these kids were court ordered to be there. I was one of the staff, uh, on one of the units. And so I was, I was doing that for a while. And in about the same time, you know, my best friend from college uh, was a guy about two years older than me. And he was from the state of New York and he actually became a trooper in the state of New York. And, and this guy, when I say, you know, I mean, he was my best friend. I mean, he was, he was like my brother. I, I mean, I looked up to him in so many ways. And so whatever he was doing, I really wanted to do. And so he was kind of saying, Hey man, you really need to check out law enforcement. And so I started kind of poking around in, in that realm. And I, I ended up getting a job in corrections. So that's kind of where I started. I've worked in a jail for a while. And it was the law enforcement job that I actually hated. So I did that for a little bit, uh, shortly there into it about six months. in, I, I actually got a job, uh, working in probation and, and I enjoyed that job. And I did that one for about a year and, uh, got finally got in, I was testing and got hired on police department and, that was, you know, one of the, the most amazing experiences of my life. It was, it was so awesome to, to be part of that profession. And it was during that time, you know, I, I we had to go to the academy. So I, I go to the police academy and 
um, I'm in the academy. I was president of our class. Um, I won our academic award, kind of surprising. A, a lot of people thought I would take our physical fitness award or maybe our shooting award, but I ended up uh, taking our academic award. And we did exit interviews. So during the exit interview, one of my instructors said, hey, I've been talking to some of, of the other instructors and we think you would make a good instructor at the police academy. So if you'd ever consider coming back and, and being an academy instructor. And they said in the whole time that they had been at the academy, they had never recommended that a cadet of somebody that was graduating or had graduated come back and be an instructor. But they all thought that maybe I could I could do it and and be pretty good at it. And as as circumstances or fate or irony or whatever would have it, a year, not a year, but I graduated in September from the police academy. So I was work went to work in my agency. Well, that January, I actually started teaching in the academy and I took over the position of the, the instructor who mentioned that to me in my exit interview. So some things happened and he no longer wanted to, to participate uh, under that particular director. So I, I got a call from somebody who calls somebody who calls somebody, you, you know how it kind of works. And I, I started uh, teaching in the police academy. And when I first went to the academy, my, my job was kind of working in physical skills. So what I did was all the physical conditioning for, for the cadets. So I was kind of in charge of PT. And then I did defensive tactics. And that job, you know, kind of starting to work at the police academy was really kind of a turning point in my life and in a lot of different in a lot of different ways, I fell in love with teaching at that point. I, you know, a lot of people say, you know, they don't know what, they, what their calling is. And I would say if somebody asked me and said, Hey, what's your calling? I would say it's to teach and educate. Uh, I love it. I love when I'm, I'm sharing and, and helping people learn or grow and develop, you know, whether it's physically or spiritually or mentally. I mean, I just absolutely love it. So I, I started doing that and, you know, just was, you know, going to training as much as I, you know, could go to or get the agency to pay for. And a lot of it I paid for myself and really, really enjoyed that. And it was because of all of that, I ended up, you know, meeting uh, someone who, who now currently is, is one of my best friends. I've, I've been with him for about you know, 20 years uh, in a work capacity, he owns a company and, and we train law enforcement military through throughout the country and internationally. And, you know, I met him because of, you know, my work in, in the police academy. And, and that has been, you know, just, just an absolute, you know, a, amazing experience. But, you know, like, you know, police work can, it can be stressful and, it, it actually, you know, took a toll on, on my first marriage. So, you know, shortly, shortly thereafter, you know, in, into my police career, um, my first wife and I, we, we divorced, we, we do have, uh, we did have two amazing daughters, uh, from that marriage. Um, I, you know, they're just amazing young ladies now, and one of them is giving me some grandkids. So, and it's really, you know, just, a, an amazing thing because of all of my work in, in the police academy, it really afforded me some, some mobility within my agency because I understood things about the job 
that maybe some other people, other people didn't. And so I was able to promote. And, uh, when I left, when I left law enforcement, I, I left at the, the rank of Sergeant, but so, so there was, you know, huge benefits. Um, kind of that part of my life though is, is, is really a mixed bag because on one level, a lot of what I was experiencing in terms of my career, they were, it was really good. Um, uh, there was a lot of stuff that was happening that was really good from a teaching standpoint. You know, I was, I was doing a lot of traveling and training around the, the state that I worked in. And because of uh, the relationship that I, I had with the gentleman that owned the company, uh, where we train law enforcement, I was actually now traveling around the country uh, doing work there. So, I mean, it was, it was, you know, absolutely, uh, kind of, a an amazing thing, you know, but, but prior to that, you know, prior to meeting my, now my current wife, there, there was a period that was actually, you know, pretty dark. And, and I share this, you know, because one of, uh, one of the, the, the tenants, uh, the ethos of strength, you know, being physically strong, relationally strong, mentally, emotionally strong, and spiritually strong. You know, I, on the outside, man, there was a lot of, there was a lot of good stuff going on. On the inside, there was a lot of not so good stuff going on. And, uh, I remember, you know, being in, in my living room one day and I was, you know, trying to find the, the courage to, you know, in my life. And, you know, I'm sitting here debating, you know, do I pull the trigger? Don't I pull the trigger? You know, kind of in, in that place. And, and, you know, if you're, if you're listening in, uh, you know, I don't know where everybody's sitting right now spiritually, you know, but I would say this, you, you know, we, we are, we all believe in something and it, and it might not have the same verbiage or you might not think about it the same way that I do, but, um, you know, we, we, we believe something, you know, kind of outside ourselves. I talk about it from a Christian perspective, but if you don't, I don't want that to, to throw you, but, but I'm sitting, you know, kind of in my house, actually on the floor, you know, trying to, to find the courage to kind of end this whole thing. And I remember what, what I believed was audible, you know, like I'm, I'm in the house and it's nobody but me. And what I heard was, you know, or sensed or how, whatever you want to think about it. Um, the question was, so what are you going to do? And I remember kind of engaging in this conversation, like outside of myself. And, and I remember asking the question back, what do you mean? And what I heard or sensed or was your way doesn't work. And, you know, and I, and I kind of give you that you know, to say that, you know, that was kind of the place when I was a young, you know, young kid growing up, you know, about 14, you know, went to church, you know, decided to walk with the Lord. And, and then, you know, through high school, that, that kind of stuff was easy. But then when I went to college, you know, I kind of put all that stuff on the back burner and, you know, I was not living a life that would have remotely looked anything like a life of somebody that was, was in the church. So, you know, here I am at this point and I, and I think of about the time I'm probably about, you know, 20, 27 or so 28 maybe. And on the outside, like I said, I, I got a lot of stuff going for me, but on the inside, man, it was an absolute, 
you know, dumpster fire on the inside, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and so much that, you know, I wanted to, to get off, off the ride. And when I heard that response, you know, Hey, your way doesn't work. I said, okay. And, you know, kind of recommitted myself to this spiritual, spiritual walk. Now, I don't want anybody to think that, you know, I'm preaching to anybody holier than thou. I'm, you know, I am still a work in progress and I am so thankful, you know, for the grace of God in my life. I am absolutely beyond blessed that God has given me an amazing, amazing wife. You know, next month we celebrate 20 years of marriage. She has been, you know, one of the most amazing people, if not the most amazing person in my life. And I believe it's true what they say about scripture. You know, you want to talk about relational strength. She was fashioned and crafted just for me because the reality is, is that nobody without being built for me can actually put up with some of my foolishness and, and all of that stuff. But she, you know, she has been, you know, just amazing. So, you know, it was about that time that, uh, you know, I, I started looking at my, my life's walk a lot differently and I'm thankful that she was a part of that. So she, you know, she went on, on that journey with me. Uh, we got married and, and shortly thereafter, you know, we, we had a daughter, our, our first daughter. And then a year later, you know, we had another daughter and, uh, you know, so, you know, we got two young kids, I'm a policeman, but I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm kind of progressing in the agency um, I'm doing some, some neat things and, and things were just, you know, kind of tooling along and, you know, you know, circumstances can change in, in a moment. One of the things we talked about in the intro episode is that, you know, what we want to do by lo- learning to, to recognize the interplay between physical strength and a mental, emotional strength, relational strength and spiritual strength is to kind of help with this idea of cultivating our bounce or our resiliency, our ability to, to respond in a strong way to many of the things that, that life uh, throws at us, you know? So, you know, while some things are going well, other things are changing, you know, and, uh, you know, I went through different bosses at, at my police job and, you know, as it, as, you know, circumstances would line up, you know, my last boss, uh, he and I just, we just didn't see the world the same way. And, and, you know, we, we, we have a saying, you know, bars and stars beat stripes. You know, he, he wore stars on his collar, I wore stripes on mine and, uh, on my sleeves and, and it just, it, things just didn't line up very well. But, um, I, you know, I had the time in to, to retire, uh, from, from that agency. So I made a decision to, to do that shortly, shortly thereafter, you know, uh, uh, my pastor kind of spiritual father who, you know, I was really super close to, uh, in Pennsylvania. He had moved away to Oregon and shortly after I retired, he came back and he said, Hey, you know, have you thought about coming to Oregon? And, and actually we had, and we had talked about it and, he said, Hey, if, if you get out there, you know, you can stay with me. And, and so that's what we did. So when I left the job in, in 2007, my wife and I, and our two young kids, we, we moved out West and, you know, and, and, and that's where, where things really 
you know, kind of, kind of get interesting. Um, because I had actually heard before that, you know, you know, in my spirit, you know, just in my prayer time with the Lord, that this is ultimately where we were supposed to be. So to kind of take a faith walk to, to kind of go, we don't really know what's out there. We don't, we don't know what to expect. We don't really even know what we're going to do, but we're going to go simply because that's what we believe we're supposed to do, you know, and, and that speaks to the the power of a belief, you know, when you just kind of know that, you know, that, you know, uh, you're willing to, you know, kind of brave the wilderness, so to speak. So, so we, um, uh, made the decision to, to move out here and, I remember after getting here shortly, you know, my wife, she's, like I said, she's an amazing person and, you know, she will, she will ride or die, you know, but you know, she's like, Hey, we got real needs. So she's like, what are you going to do when you get there? And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't really know, uh, you know, what, what I'm going to do. But I said, well, I, you know, I did all this physical training, you know, for about 14 years in the Academy. I said, Hey, I'll get a job at a gym as a trainer. And about a weekend, uh, I had a job as a trainer. So I, I did that for about seven or seven or eight months. And it was, that was about the time that, you know, CrossFit was really kind of blossoming and, and kind of growing. And a f- few years before we actually moved out here, uh, through another person that I knew, I actually met the founder of CrossFit and was kind of interested in it. So, uh, my wife and I, and, and two friends, uh, we, we opened a, a CrossFit gym in about 2008. So, you know, we're coming up on about, uh, 12 years owning, owning that facility about four years ago, three or four years ago, we actually unaffiliated, you know, the whole CrossFit thing. And, uh, we're just a strength and conditioning facility, not just a strength and conditioning facility, but we're a strength and conditioning facility now, not, not a CrossFit gym. So, you know, we kind of been, been in that space and, you know, again, that, you know, you just never know how, how things are, are gonna kind of line up because, you know, it's, it's in that capacity that I, you know, really, you know, I said, Hey, I, I just like I did with police work, you know, I said, Hey, I really want to be good at this. I, I really want to be a good coach. Uh, so, you know, I, I read and research, you know, just, just about everything, uh, I can get my hands on, you know, I love strength training. Uh, been fortunate enough to, to work with some amazing athletes. You know, we have, you know, we trained a national champion female in, in strongman, you know, back in 2014. And, you know, it's, it's just been an amazing, um, amazing ride that way. But, you know, it was because of, you know, the gym and really wanting to be a good coach and, and really pursuing some things. I'm listening and, and reading, uh, other, other coaches and a client that I work with, you know, it's just amazing how things happen. And, uh, a client that I, I've worked with and she, you know, still a personal client of mine, like almost 12 years later is an uh, older lady. She, when I met her, she was in her, in her fifties. And so she's now in her, in her sixties. So she's, she's a little bit older as a client, but just, just an amazing person. And, uh, she was, you know, recovering from some back, uh, surgeries that she had. So we, we started playing with the kettlebell as a tool to kind of work with her because, you know, just kind of bar loading her and doing some things like that. 
that just it just wasn't smart so we started kind of playing around with some kettlebell stuff and and that led us to strong first and you know right away i was i was really kind of in love with their whole philosophy i had you know been a big fan of pavel's back in you know my early days weight training i wanted to be a you know bodybuilder and he wrote for a magazine that i always read so i was really I was really into his work and, and I, you know, really kind of, you know, embraced it, but, uh, I didn't even realize, you know, the impact that, that, that would have not just on physical training, but just kind of how I thought about the world completely, you know, just, and, and a lot of other things. So, you know, I'm, I'm studying and, and reading and, and I came across a, another guy who, you know, has quickly become one of my favorite coaches to read and listen to Dan John and um, Dan John I was reading and he said one time, you know, the body is one piece. And that really started me on this idea of what has become the four pillars of, of strength, you know, thinking about, you know, our physical strength, the expression of our physical strength and how it's tied to our mental, emotional strength, as well as our spiritual strength and our relational strength. And, and I'll be honest with you, it came home to roost, uh, about, f- uh, five years ago, I, I had a hip replacement, you know, just because of, you know, you know, poor decisions and training and just life and structure. And, and sometimes it, it, it just is what it is, you know? So, I mean, I didn't have a catastrophic injury per se, but, you know, I, you know, just long-term just doing some things, maybe not optimally, you know, led to, to a problem where uh, I was going to have to have uh, a hip replacement. And, you know, during the time it was really deteriorating quite a bit. And, and my wife and I were, were having a conversation one day cause we were going to push it off to the fall of that year. I was thinking about trying to do it in like October. So I had like November and December to kind of recover, you know, thinking things would be a little bit more low key and then I'd kind of be ready for the spring and summer, you know, full tilt boogie. And um, my wife and I were having a conversation one day and she said that one of the members, one of the ladies at the gym asked her one day if I was okay. And my wife said, well, you know, he's, he's, he's got some, some hip stuff going on and he's in a lot of pain. He's not sleeping. I I mean, I was sleeping about an hour a night and, uh, the lady said, well, that makes sense because he's different. And when my wife said it, I remember looking at her saying, I'm, I'm not different. And my wife kind of, you know, looked at me like, if you remember that TV show back in the, you know, eighties, um, seventies, eighties, it's different strokes. And, uh, Gary Coleman was on it and he would always say to his older brother, what you talking about Willis? And my wife kind of looked at me with that face, like, what you talking about Willis? And she's like, yeah, you have changed. You're different. And I said, no, I'm not. And she goes, yeah, you are. And I said, how? And she said, you walk around with this low grade anger all the time. And I had never really thought about, you know, the pain, the, the, the physical pain, how it was affecting me, you know, mentally and emotionally. And, you know, the idea in the four pillars of strength or the ethos of strength is, is I kind of call it that culture or, the culture of being strong is, you know, when we, when we experience something that limits 
our expression, our fullest expression of strength in an area of our life, it impacts how we're able to fully express strength in other areas of our life. And, you know, I witnessed it, you know, first, firsthand. And, and also, you know, as we said in the, in the introductory episode, you know, I believe that it's difficult for us to know ourselves by ourselves. Cause I'm looking at me like, what are you guys talking about? There is nothing, there's no difference in me. Nothing has changed. Nothing is different about who I am. And my wife is like, yeah, you're, you were different. So, uh, I, I got to witness firsthand, you know, how my physical strength being impacted was actually impacting, um, other, other areas of, of my life. And so long story short, you know, I, I got a surgery and, you know, I'm, after the surgery, I'm thinking like, why did I wait so long to do this? Cause you know, I was moving better and, and felt better. And, you know, just everything, uh, was, was, was really, was really changing there. But, you know, during the same time, I'm really also now experiencing change in some, some other areas, you know, some, some close relationships, you know, change, experience some things, you know, that I would, I would kind of classify, you know, as, as, as betrayal and, you know, it was going through, through a lot of stuff. So now, you know, now my, my physical nature is improving, but now some other areas of, of my life are, are, are really changing. And so now I'm, I'm starting to look at, you know, some of the relational and emotional sides. And, and I remember when one day I, I, I was kind of sitting, having a devotion and I was, was in prayer. And I, I remember saying to, you know, God in prayer, would you show me where I'm stuck? You know, because there was, there was something in me that was happening and, and I was, I was feeling it emotionally. I was feeling it relationally and I just couldn't, couldn't figure it out. And, you know, the, the Lord kind of took me back to a, a time when I was probably about 14 and me and my stepdad had a physical altercation after which I said to my mom, I said, Hey, I can't believe that you, you know, you would keep him after what you just witnessed, you know, kind of go down. And, 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 you know, my mom made a decision that she felt was best for her. So this is, you know, this is not an indictment on, on my mom. And in, in any way, you know, at 14 years old, I was reasoning about the world from the perspective of a 14 year old. Um, and you know, my mom is, you know, passed away about three months ago. And so, um, my mom said to me, you know, you, you and the, you and your brothers and sisters are all going to be gone someday and I'm going to be alone. And so my mom made a decision that day, you know, to, to kind of look out for who she was and where she was. And you know what? I don't now, you know, as a 49 year old guy, I look back and I don't, I don't begrudge um, her any of that. The message that I took away though, as a 14 year old boy was that you're expendable. You're, you're really of no value. You're useful. 
but you're of no value. So it's okay for me to let you go because I'm not going to let this thing go. And, and I'm not saying that that was in my mom's mind, but that was the message that I took away. And I realized that day, you know, when, when I kind of was taken back to that particular incident, that it was impacting so many relationships in my life. Um, it was really limiting the fullest expression of, you know, what I could have with my wife, even though I think, you know, we have an amazing relationship and, and, and since discovering that and, and starting to process through and, and, and working through that, it's really opened our relationship. And, and interestingly, shortly before, um, my mom passed away cause we'd gone a lot of years where we just didn't talk, you know, especially as I grew up. Cause when, you know, I turned 18, I'm, I moved out of home. I moved away from home and I was gone for, for good. I'd haven't been home since I was 18. You know, I moved out then and, uh, me and my mom were having a conversation one day and she asked me, she says, why do we seem so far apart? And I told her about that incident that day. And my mom said, you know, she says, I thought that that might be it. And, uh, I just, you know, just really remembered once I understood that and, and kind of started processing through that and, and realized that, this message, this, this story that I was telling myself was really limiting me expressing myself, uh, fully relationally, you know, it is, you know, it, it was, it was really, was, was really eye opening. So, you know, all of these things have kind of come together and, and really, you know, become the, my kind of marching orders. And, and I want to see other people not have to maybe struggle as long or as hard, uh, with, with some, some of the things that I struggled with. And, and interestingly enough, the, the, the real push, the real impetus, uh, for me kind of getting started, uh, with power and strength radio is, I mean, one, it's something I love podcasting. Um, I listen to it all the time. I probably listen to one to two a day. So I love them. And I, and I think that there's just so much that we can get from, you know, podcasts. Uh, so I, I wanted, you know, to be a part of, of that educational experience. The other one, and is actually, you know, episode three, you're, you're going to hear from him. You know, I'm sure that you know, we'll get into his story a little bit, but you know, the, the guest we're going to have on the next show is somebody that because of some of the, something that they're experiencing in their life, I decided, you know what, I want to have a place that people can share their story because I think it's in the sharing of those stories. It's in people sharing their strength. It's in people being vulnerable. It's in people showing how they have built their bounce that it can help unlock each of us in, in, in where, you know, we are going with on our journey. So, so the other reason, you know, our, our next guest, when, when we hear from them in the next episode, you'll, you'll know right away that, you know, why, why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I want to thank you for, letting me just spend some time with you kind of 
you know, sharing uh, just a little bit of my story. And I'm pretty sure in the days and the weeks and the months to come, there there will be more uh, of my story. But I, I wanted you to get a chance to hear a little bit about, you know, who Tom really is, you know, and, and, and there's still more because I'm constantly growing and changing and, and evolving. And I was on a podcast as a, as a guest uh, about a year or so ago. And the um, podcast uh, host asked me, you know, kind of an interesting question. He said, what would you 20 year older you say to you right now? And what I hope is that 20 year older me would say to me right now, I hope 69 year old me would say four to 49 year old me. Thank you. Thank you for taking a chance. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for building your bounce because I hope that 69 year old me would possess a level of strength that could only come from 49 year old me being in this process. So as we kind of wrap up today and, and kind of land this, this thing, I, I would say to you today, what would you hope that the 20 year old version of you would say to you right now today? And whatever that is, I would say that the only way 20 year older you will say that to you today is that you today must start working on it. So this has been so much fun. Thank you for giving me room to be open and vulnerable and share a little bit about who I am. And I, I hope that it intrigues you enough that you'll, you'll want to come back for a little bit more. So it has been a pleasure and I look forward to talking to you in future solo episodes and you know you're going to want to come back for episode 3 cuz it promises to be an amazing conversation with an amazing guy so until we meet again uh, like i i say on some other in some other places on some other platforms uh, this has been thomas the ethos of strength until we meet again in strength and love later are you listening? Damn.